Happy 2021, everyone. Yesterday, we covered the top business stories from the last week in esports. Today, we're looking at the overall top three stories from this past year. I'm Mitch Dreams, and this is the Esports Minute from Esports Network. Now, there's a clear top story from 2020, so let's talk super overarchingly about the pandemic and its impacts on esports. First, this pandemic sucked, and anyone telling you this was a great moment for esports probably doesn't know that many people working in esports. A ton of esports jobs are based on live events. Without those, there were quite a few people out of work. Modern Times Group, the parent company of ESL and DreamHack, reported massive net losses this year due to the pandemic. Now, as for why people were so quick to proclaim this year the year of esports does have some merit, but it doesn't entirely hold up when you dive into the stats. It's generally because of the surge of gaming viewership and some more crossovers to the mainstream, meaning more exposure for the first time. Spring especially saw a ton of celebrities compete in esports tournaments on broadcast TV channels, and when people first saw that appear on ESPN, they thought, wow, this is huge for esports. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. That's still up for debate. But at that same time, both Twitch and YouTube also saw huge viewership growth, while Discord doubled its valuation in just six months, adding an additional $3.5 billion in between funding rounds. So yes, many gaming platforms saw huge increases in market share, but all gaming is not esports. The fastest growing categories on Twitch was just chatting, and lately Among Us has been the top content source for most content creators. So yeah, this was a huge time for gaming, but that didn't always translate to esports. So those are two different subsections and should be separated when talking about this year. And so for number two, I'm going to cheat and use the pandemic again, but this time talking about how esports organizers adapted to it. In my opinion, what I came away with from this year is that the gap between Riot Games and the rest of the field when it comes to tournament organizers, league organizers, etc. widened a ton. Activision Blizzard is probably the closest competitor when it comes to trying to do franchise leagues like League of Legends. They were supposed to dominate 2020, with the OWL and the freshly rebranded CDL heading on the road around the country, or for the OWL around the world. It didn't work, and that's of course not AB's fault entirely, but both games did have warning signs going into the year pre-pandemic, and while CDL is in a better spot going into 2021 with the addition of Thieves, the OWL is in a considerably worse spot. Riot, on the other hand, was able to run a bubble-like tournament in Shanghai, allowing for worlds to take place. It was a pretty monumental accomplishment for an esports organizer. They also launched a brand new esport during a pandemic with more consistent tournaments than most other established esports. And Valorant seems to be a success, although long-term success is a much more difficult accomplishment than just half a year. Just look at Overwatch in 2017, so we're not anointing Valorant the next major esport yet, but their initial six-month rollout all during a pandemic has been really well done. Beyond them, the CSGO scene continued to move towards a more clear structure, but still seems to be in the midst of a power struggle between top organizers like Blast Premier, ESL, and Flashpoint. Dota 2 virtually disappeared this year, Rocket League completely changed its format, and there are pros and cons to the new format, but it isn't as simple as the previous RLCS, and I actually had some team owners on the show talking about how they were trying to figure out when their team was playing. So it might not have been communicated exactly correctly if the team owners tried to figure out how to watch their team play. Fortnite basically threw massive prize pools at random tournaments all year, and the FGC saw its biggest tournament in EVO having the online version cancelled after accusations of sexual misconduct to its co-founder. 
So yeah, it was a tough year across quite a few major esports, and things are still a bit in flux. But if I had to put my money on the best long-term viable titles in esports, it would be League way out in front, CSGO following, then Call of Duty, but I'm tempted to put Valorant there. Either way, Valorant be fourth and Rocket League is fifth. Now, I could justify those rankings with stats, but we're already running long on this show, so I'll try to get a long-form podcast set up to debate that with another journalist. That should be an interesting show. Look out for that in late January. And the final story of the year has to be Mixer. What a high-profile flop that was. Despite there being some of the most negative community sentiment Twitch has ever seen between DMCA takedowns and unclear reasons for bans, Twitch is still the champion of live viewers. And two of the biggest streamers on the platform in Shroud and Ninja did not convince a shift to Mixer. But YouTube was a bit of a different story. YouTube Gaming's live section has benefited from some of those issues with Twitch, as streams with Dr. Disrespect reach insane viewership. YouTube Gaming has also benefited on its focus on international audiences. That's something that Ryan Wyatt, YouTube's head of gaming, talked about a lot going into this year about how, hey, we're going to focus on... Uh, Spanish-speaking audiences. We're going to focus on Brazil. We're going to focus just around the world on our YouTube audiences. And that's really paid off well as gaming has seen a ton of growth everywhere, uh, but especially mobile gaming in a lot of those up-and-coming regions. YouTube has been the premier choice, not necessarily Twitch in a lot of those regions. So smart strategy from YouTube, and they're also gaining a lot of market share US as well. YouTube has had that head start as they've had a built-in gaming audience for a long time, but with some big names on new exclusive contracts and the deals with the CDL and OWL, YouTube Gaming has clearly become the most direct challenger to Twitch in both esports and streaming. That's all for this episode of the Esports Minute. Happy New Year, everyone. Enjoy the weekend, and I'll be back on Monday returning to a normal schedule covering the top esports story of the day every day in just a few minutes.